Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I kind of feel like this is cruel of producer Jay to wake you up. If you are in the Eastern time zone, it's 5 a.m. And this is how you wake up with some rock music blaring, scares you half to death. Forget coming out of your fog easily and shaking out the cobwebs. Nah, get it to the equivalent of someone yelling, get up, <laughs> which I just did. So now I apologize for me. At least I'm not yelling jabroni at you. And, and now, of course, I know what that word means. Thank you, Travis Kelsey. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I can hear in my brain, Jay, why, this means I spend way too much time listening to the drops that you use. I can hear not only... Travis Kelsey screaming at the Cincinnati mayor from the stage about being a jabroni. But then I can hear the response in my brain. I'm offended. (laughs) Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. You got to fight for your right to party. I'm offended. (laughs) How could you possibly say that? See what I mean? It's I'm way too invested, and I hear this stuff. I, I was going to dream about football on Monday morning regardless when I went to bed. Uh, and thankfully, I was tired enough that I didn't really – it didn't keep me awake. You know, sometimes you can be dreaming so vividly that you're uh, lightly sleeping. Thankfully, it did not keep me awake, but I know I dreamt about football in the wake of Championship Sunday. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Thank you for all of your tweets, all of your Facebook messages. For those of you who have no idea what I'm talking about, you can check out my Twitter, ALaw Radio. Uh, I was just reflecting after a championship Sunday and now here going into um, what is nearly 20 years of covering Super Bowls. Not quite getting close, though, but having the privilege of working on a Sunday night after a Super Bowl, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else, regardless of how little fun I have, just me and my pets watching the Super Bowl together. I know that sounds, as Jay put it earlier, lame, um, but it is what I do. And I trade the right to go to a Super Bowl party for the privilege of being able to host a postgame show here on CBS Sports Radio. And so I was kind of reflecting about the years and the hours and the fact that football runs my life, that it's all-consuming. If it's not my dog, it's football this time of the year. Uh, And yet I wouldn't trade it. And I remember 16 years old, I decided. I remember telling my mom. 
and people who were around me, my best friend, she was actually very encouraging, even though we had no idea what we were talking about at 16 in physics class, actually. It was physics class. We were we we're so far ahead of the game as valedictorian and salutatorian that we didn't really need to pay attention to the teacher. I'm, I'm totally joking. We were valedictorian and salutatorian, but we also loved physics. We just didn't like our teacher. He was a little odd. Regardless, we sat next to each other and we talked about all kinds of other things. And at 16 years old in physics class, I declared to my best friend, Stephanie, I want to talk about sports radio when I grow up. That's what I want to do for a living. And we we shared our dreams about it. And uh, at the time, actually, I was in the process of applying for the Naval Academy. I know, little known fact, weird fact about Amy Lawrence. I had gotten through a good portion of the application process for Annapolis and then realized that that probably wasn't the best path to get to what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. So I decided throw all of that, the the safer path, which I had much more um, sensible plans for my career before that. Uh, but once I decided that I wanted to talk about sports for a living, well, that was it. I was going to chase this dream and wherever it led me and however long it took me. I didn't realize it was going to be sports talk shows. Honestly, at that point, I had no idea that there were actually sports talk shows out there that people listen to. I just listened to play-by-play on the radio. I loved Westwood One. I loved uh, Johnny Most and Glenn Ordway, the Celtics' uh, longtime play-by-play announcers. That's what I fell in love with, was listening to sporting events and play-by-play on the radio. So I started telling everyone that's what I was going to do for a living. I've done a lot of that, 20-plus years. I do hope to get back to it at some point. It's still my ultimate goal. But sports talk show hosting seems to fit me pretty well, too. (laughs) So at 16 years old, that was my dream. I decided that was it. I was going for broke. It didn't matter how many people told me women don't really do that, so you should have a backup plan. And they were right. Women didn't do that when I was 16 years old. Uh, and and now there are still not that many, uh, far more women in TV and reporting and sidelines. And I'm I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to connect with many of them. I try to give as many of them uh, a platform on the show as I possibly can. Um, but here it is now, 20 years in, and it's still that same passion, that same determination, that same drive that gets me going, even when I've been up 26 hours in a row for the sake of football. So I, I tweeted something along those lines, and so many of you responded, which I was not expecting. I was kind of being goofy, right? I knew I was going to dream about football. I, I knew that I was delirious and the dog had walked me, and it was another one of those 24-hour kind of all-nighter things. Um, and yet it's always been worth it to me because this is the dream. Um, and I'm so grateful that this is the opportunity that I get on a nightly basis. And yes, the shows are much higher profile this time of the year. There's a lot of pressure uh, and, and it's a privilege. What does Boomer tell us all the time? All the time? Pressure is a privilege. Yeah, so this is my kind of pressure. If, if it means I can't go to a Super Bowl party, well then, okay, I guess that is a trade I'm willing to make. Something else, though, that, and again, sorry, I just want to say thank you because you blew up my Twitter. I mean, I woke up to so many messages I wasn't expecting, and I was blown away by it, and it really encouraged me uh, on a day when I was a little bit tired and when not all the news is great. I'll, you know, I'll share what I shared earlier on behalf of producer Jay. Uh, He and I were very disappointed that we will not be in Arizona this year. We tried. We did everything we possibly could to make it happen. 
ultimately the choice was not ours. And so we're, you know, we're trying to make the best of it. It took me a few weeks to process, which is why I haven't said anything here on the air. Uh, it, it not only was a major disappointment, but I'm embarrassed that our show won't be there. I've been looking forward to it for two years to finally, well, three years to finally get back to Radio Row. I've got colleagues who keep asking me when I'm going to get there and, hey, let's make some plans. And so, yeah, a show of this caliber and the number of years that I've already been on Radio Row and the the work that gets done there, the connections that are made. I mean, there's so many reasons why I was looking forward to it and why uh, I'm disappointed. But you know what? That's life. It, it really is. Life is not all sunshine and roses. Life sometimes is about disappointment and it's about failure and it's about not being where you want to be, not getting where you want to get, and not going where you want to go. And uh, no one's going to feel sorry for me. I'm not asking you to do that. Uh, but I did at some point need to tell you that, unfortunately, we will not be on Radio Row this year. Uh, we hope to get back there in the future. I hope to get back there in the future. I'll tell you the truth. I was just as disappointed, maybe even more so for producer Jay, because it was going to be his first opportunity to experience Radio Row and and to meet with so many different media people that we only ever get to speak to on the phone or through text message. So yeah, pretty pretty disappointed, pretty torn up about it for quite a while. But we have now turned our attentions toward a unique Super Bowl week experience here on After Hours. So no need to send me messages about how you're so sorry. It, it, again, I we're good. I still have this incredible job. Jay and I still get to work together. We still get to cover the Super Bowl. We're just going to do it from our radio headquarters and not from Arizona. So we're kind of working on some new plans. We want this to be a fresh Super Bowl week, which I, I kind of feel like it's it's perfect timing because this will be the, the start of a second decade for me with CBS Sports Radio. Um, not my first one with producer Jay, but the first one in which he's had a full year under his belt to kind of know uh, what we're looking for and how to plan ahead. So we're going to go fewer guests this year, but as Jay put it, and this was Jay's idea, quality over quantity when it comes to our guests. And when I tell you that we are shooting high, we're aiming high, we're we're shooting for the moon and we're likely to get a bunch of stars, if not a chunk of the moon. Because, you know, sometimes they you'll find these like fake places that will sell you pieces of the moon. Moon rocks, if you will. So we're shooting for the moon. We're likely to get some moon rocks as well as some stars. We've got big names, big plans, and we're doing all we can to get the best of the best for you. And in addition, we're going to go heavy video. Also, Jay's great idea. Well, it was my idea, but Jay loves video, and so he's all in. So we're planning a Super 6 series for Super Bowl week. Uh, it's going to require some, I don't know, maybe some searching on your part. We're not going to make it easy. We're going to incorporate our YouTube channel, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Uh, so, yeah, we've got some big stuff that we're working on. We're pretty excited. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a lot of work, and yet... That's what we're in for during Super Bowl week. Just a different kind of work than what we anticipated. So again, thank you for all your messages. A lot of you have been with me on this journey for years. And that does not go unnoticed, nor do I even have the words to tell you how much I appreciate it. I know daily in life, we suffer setbacks. We suffer disappointments. Uh, we suffer much more serious setbacks than than not taking our show to the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, so... I needed to tell you, this is when I'm telling you, and let's not talk about it again. How about that? Can we make that agreement? Just teasing. 
You can obviously find me on Twitter or Facebook. Jay and I, though, have agreed that it's better. We just don't talk about it anymore. <laughs> it's enough of that. <laughs> yes. We are turning our face uh, towards something new, and we're looking forward to a fresh perspective Super Bowl week. Chiefs and Eagles, and that's where we pick it up now in the wake of Championship Sunday. Uh, these two teams, we're going to hear from them ad nauseum, and I do mean that literally. We're going to hear from them ad nauseum moving forward. Uh, Andy Reid is going to be the center of attention for a lot of reasons uh, because he coached the Eagles, led them to a Super Bowl. He had 10 playoff wins in Philadelphia. Now he has plus 10 in Kansas City, one of the more accomplished coaches of our lifetimes. I mean, you could think Bill Belichick ahead of him, right? I mean, that's pretty much the only coach that's got more playoff wins or that has the same number of Super Bowl appearances as Andy Reid moves forward. And so there's going to be a lot of tension on him and those Hawaiian shirts and his cheeseburgers. When you really cut to the chase on it, they're a really good football team. And so... I think that's where the energy goes, because um, really, when it when it's kickoff, it's you're playing that team. I mean, it's a uh, it's the players that you're you're going against, and uh, and the coaches, and so the the uniform, the you know that all that. It's not the, that that's not where your mind's at. Your mind's at making sure you have a solid game plan, and that you you come out and you you can perform. I mean, that's uh, to the best of our ability, and that. That's, I think, where the major focus goes. And you, you, you try to, it doesn't matter who you're playing, it's, you, blank, you try to blank out all the, the hype that goes with the game. It's a it's pretty, pretty big game. <laughs> yeah, it is a pretty big game. And my apologies to Andy. He actually wasn't wearing a Hawaiian shirt. I guess it was a little chillier in Kansas City. So he was wearing, look like a zip-up, something along the lines of what the Mannings might wear. He's very dapper, Andy Reid. But he does love his Hawaiian shirts. Uh, I hear stories of him going to his grandson's games in Kansas City on off days, and he'll show up there in the Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> I'm so happy for Andy Reid. I, I'm not sure I could be a huger fan of the man's character and his leadership and the fact that he can still communicate and can still work with players who are in their early 20s um, and and on up into their mid-30s, of course. He calls them kids, which is kind of funny. Probably not to their faces, but he does call them kids when he was asked about this being the first Super Bowl between two black quarterbacks. He talked about them as kids. And if you missed that, we just uh, used that perspective from Andy in QB News before the top of the hour. As for the opposing coach in the AFC Championship, uh, Zach Taylor, He's not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater, if you know what I mean. Yeah, the game was exhausting. It took everything out of them. Uh, he was very complimentary of the Chiefs, but not going to denigrate or focus on the negative when it comes to his own team. The things that are worth doing, it really stings when it doesn't work out in your favor, and there's great joy when they do work out. And uh, We want to be in a position to, to feel both those emotions based on the outcome of the game and We've put ourselves in a position to do that over the last two years. And those are feelings that we want to be in a position to experience again. Obviously, we want the, the joy part of it. Uh, but I think the team understands that, that it's, it's a long road to get back every single year, to get to the very back, and you never take it for granted. And um, so we'll continue to build off, off of this season. This is one of the rivalries that I hope develops, and we get to see it over and over and over again in the AFC. 
I've heard people talking about in whispers, maybe, because you're not supposed to say it publicly yet, that this could be the next Patriots-Colts rivalry. Or even then, once Peyton Manning moved to Denver, we saw a bunch of Patriots and Broncos as well. Uh, So, yeah, if if that's what happens. Now, I don't think it's going to be exclusive, those two teams and, and those two quarterbacks who get so much of the attention. I do believe Josh Allen and the Bills will ride again. They'll have something to say about it. There's no way, even though the end of their season was... It was a dud. Let's be fair. The Bills laid an egg in the divisional round, in the snow, on their own field. You play that game 10 more times, and they're likely to have different effort, different results. Even if the game still goes the way of the Bengals, the Bills aren't going to play that poorly. They were outplayed in every facet of the game. Uh, And and so we're still going to see the Bills as part of the equation. Maybe the Chargers make a move, right? Double-figure wins this year. They've got some incredible weapons. Now, Kellen Moore, as an offensive coordinator, can he help take them to the next level along with Brandon Staley? Uh, We certainly know that if Tua is healthy again with Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins made great strides this year, so could they be part of the equation? I say that you count out Bill Belichick and the Patriots and whatever they might do at your own peril. He is too good of a coach, and yes, he's now got an offensive coordinator of his own. <laughs> Man, you wonder if he'll look back when he's 80 and he's writing a book or he's he's doing a tell-all on NFL Network and say, yeah, that was probably not my best decision to go into a season without an OC and with two coaches splitting, in, in air quotations, the play-calling duties who had never done it before with a quarterback who was in his second season. Probably not one of my finest moments. Do you think you'll ever admit that? Probably not. No? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to listen to I love to listen to his stuff from when he talks about his time in like earlier in his career and if he talks about things he messed up on. I haven't heard enough of him reminiscing yet. Yeah, I mean he does say about Cleveland that that it was his first opportunity in coaching and and he knows I mean you're not gonna hear Bill Belichick wax too poetic. But that We was, don't have time for that. It was his first opportunity. He's got the right support, the right situation in New England, blah, blah, blah. Um yeah, I mean Maybe someday. We don't have time for that now, though. Uh, no days off is what he told us the last day time. Day. <laughs> Stop it. The last time that the Patriots won a Super Bowl. So both coaches from the AFC Championship. We have yet to hear from the NFC Championship coaches, primarily hearing from the Niners because they have to do their exit interviews. But we do know that Brock Purdy was diagnosed with a torn UCL, which is about a six-month recovery. Does it mean he's not going to be ready for next season? Probably not, but it does take away a lot of the opportunity for him to improve and get better and work his arse off as potentially the number one QB in the offseason. So now that is is no longer an option. Uh, we're going to hear a little more from the Bengals before this show is done. If you missed my conversation with Charlie Goldsmith, an insider with the Inquirer, he, not the National Inquirer, the Cincinnati Inquirer, he was in... Kansas City for the AFC championship and then was back in Cincinnati in time for their exit interviews. I can't imagine he got a ton of sleep. But Jesse Bates, very emotional, realizing this could be the end of his tenure with the Bengals. Also, B.J. Hill talking about that moment that's since gone viral, sticking up for his teammate, uh, Joseph Asai, in the wake of that late hit. Uh, And then Jermaine Pratt. It was an apology of sorts, I guess. 
it was an apology with a lot of me, me, me in it or I, I, I. So I don't know. You can tell me if you think it it rings true. Um, his viral reaction to that late hit penalty as well. Uh, we got a little basketball we want to get to. No LeBron James last night in Brooklyn, but still a lot of stewing over the missed call in Boston on Saturday night primetime. Uh, so we'll come at it from that perspective. Another milestone for Steph Curry. Uh, I mean, another milestone for Luka Doncic. Why do I do this to myself? I tell you all these things we're going to do, and then I have to run to cram them in. But it's all right. It's it's worth it. It's a good problem to have. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Curry catches pump fake, puts it on the deck, drive again, scoop to the hoop, it's up and good, and another unassailable record goes to number 30 as he passes Will Chamberlain and becomes the all-time leader in field goals in Warriors history. And with 8.46 to go here in the third quarter, Stephen Curry has put his name into the Warrior record book yet again. Well, when you go past Will Chamberlain, that's saying something. Absolutely. I'm going to tell you. Means I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta keep playing to, to, so to keep breaking these records, stuff. 100. Nah, that's special. Um, I think everybody who breaks a Wilt record, you know, feels a certain type of way because there's certain ones that nobody's gonna touch. But uh, definitely, you know, blessed to again have you know 14 years representing Dove Nation. Uh, you know, putting up. A lot of shots. Uh, thanks for a lot of them have gone in. That's pretty cool, though. So uh, definitely wanted to celebrate. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. Means I'm getting old. Oh, yeah. Join the crowd, Steph. But when you get old, you have milestones to celebrate. And that's another one for Steph Curry, passing Wilt Chamberlain for the most field goals made in Warriors history. Tim Roy, Jim Barnett on Warriors Radio. And then you hear Steph himself uh, with the Warriors on NBC Sports Network. 38 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds. I was thinking last night as the Warriors won in Oklahoma City how glad I am that the Splash Brothers are a thing again. Uh, So he ends up with 38. Clay has 28. 
um, and loves to poke fun at Steph because that's what brothers do, right? Loves to poke fun at him even when he's giving him compliments. See if you can pick it up here with Clay postgame. Steph going for 38-12 and passing Wilt Chamberlain in most franchise field goals made. That's a, what a legendary accomplishment. I mean, Wilt Chamberlain's one of the greatest athletes to ever walk this earth, so the fact that Steph was able to do that and a foot shorter than him, it's, uh, it's special. Because <laughs> he had to mention that, right? He passes him even though he's a foot shorter than he is. <laughs> Splash. It's after hours on TV. Yes, you are. But you're back, baby. You are back and better than ever. I love watching them play together, but I cannot watch Clay without thinking about everything he has survived. Uh, so good for him. It's awesome. Uh, Clay and Steph and the Warriors, they're kind of hovering there right above 500, as is half of the Western Conference, uh, or right within a couple of games of 500. That includes the Lakers. Uh, the last night in Brooklyn, no AD. Uh, he was not scheduled to play. And no LeBron James because he's feeling some pain. Uh, so even though the Lakers came back and took the lead from Brooklyn with, I think it was a 14 nothing run to start the second half. Yikes, Brooklyn. What are you doing? Uh, ultimately, the Nets were able to pull away. Kyrie had 26. But a lot of the talk around the Lakers is still going back to Saturday night when they were playing Boston toe-to-toe. Prime time. The game's going down to the wire. LeBron's got the ball in his hands as the time is winding down. Inbound gets to LeBron. LeBron down the left side. Hangs in the air. Lays it up. No good. And they call it a foul. No, we're going to overtime. LeBron saying he got fouled. He is going crazy over there. But they can't challenge. Can't challenge that. There's nothing to challenge. <laughs> LeBron on his hands and knees looking up at the Jumbotron to see himself on his hands and knees. Sean Graney and Cedric Maxwell on Celtics Radio. Just so you know, we did try to find the Lakers call and couldn't. So it's not as though we wanted to give you only Celtics perspective. We did look for the Lakers call. We couldn't find it. So that's the Celtics version of the call. And Grandy and Max, I was laughing because Max makes the joke like there's nothing to challenge. Uh, that's the point is that there was no foul called. And immediately after the game, it, they played into overtime, by the way, and the Celtics won. Immediately after the game, the referees there who have to speak to pool reporters said, we missed the call. From our perspective, we did not see it. The Lakers did not feel better after they lost the game. And LeBron, while a little more subdued, he wasn't on his hands and knees yelling or complaining, watching himself on the Jumbotron. Uh, he still can't believe the number of calls he does not get as a superstar in this league. It's challenging. Very challenging. Um, I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm, I'm attacking the paint um, just as much as any of the other guys in this league that's shooting double-digit free throws a night. And, um, you know, it's just, it's, I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't understand. I don't understand what, what we're doing. And I watch basketball every single day. I watch these games every single day. And I don't see it happening to nobody else. It's just, it's just weird. It's been building. And that's, I mean, you guys seen some of the games that we've lost this year with late game missed calls. We had an opportunity to literally, you know, win the game. I mean, that's, you know. I had the second one in the last few weeks for myself. We got cheated tonight, honestly. So blatant foul. Pat got all ball on, on, on uh, Brown, Jalen Brown, called a foul, and Brian just smacked across his arm. 
Yes, it's unacceptable. Next game, and it's, it's going to be over with. You know, talk to the refs. Oh, yeah, that was a foul, and it, it goes on. It's not. It's not fair. And I guarantee, if the if the refs start getting fined for missed calls, um, it'll be a lot better. But you know, nothing's going to be done. That's Anthony Davis, and he says there should be repercussions, fines. He believes. Because to admit that you missed a call shouldn't be enough. Now, I don't suppose it makes him feel better. It probably shouldn't. Of course, these officials, and it goes for every league, NBA, NFL, they're graded harshly. They do actually end up losing out on potential playoff games and other high-profile games if they're graded lower than their counterparts. So there are long-term ramifications, but no, in that moment, it does feel like they got away with making a massive mistake and there's no penalty for them. This was what crew chief Eric Lewis said in the wake of the game. And he told the pool reporter uh, from the Boston Globe, there was contact at the time during the game. We did not see a foul. The crew missed the play. So the referees were openly admitting the mistake on Saturday night. But did you happen to see what tweet came from the official NBA refs account. I don't know if you guys follow this. I don't. It just happened to go viral. Get this. Oh, it's only been seen by 9.8 million people, by the way, on Twitter. This is verbatim from the NBA referee's official Twitter account. Like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game, and that is gut-wrenching for us. This play will weigh heavily and cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best referees we can be. Now, of course, anytime a referee messes up, there are going to be people saying, I hope you never sleep again, that type of thing. Um, And I don't suppose this is a good opportunity to point out or a good moment to point out that the Lakers had the same opportunity to win the game in overtime, right? That's not popular. Nobody, no, Jay's shaking his head. Don't say that right now. People already hate the fact that you won't blame officials and now you're going to say that. So maybe too soon, okay. I don't love officials screwing up either, but what are you going to do? It's it's part of the game. And Cedric Maxwell made the point: there's nothing to review. Yeah, that maybe should we make everything reviewable? Because that seems to be a contention. Uh, a lot of that is coming out in the wake of the AFC Championship, where people lost money and and now are blaming the officials for the fact that their wallets are lighter, something along those lines. Um, Jermaine Pratt was one who was pretty fired up, not at the officials, but at his teammate who was the the guy who hit Patrick Mahomes out of bounds for the late hit. Uh, Jermaine Pratt, a video went viral. Uh, He was screaming in the tunnel and it happened to be caught on camera. So you'll hear his calmer uh, Monday assessment. Um, but more than that, the leadership of some of the Bengals to to reach out to their 22-year-old teammate, Joseph Asai, who I don't think was available. I didn't see him anywhere in the locker room. Um, our Bengals insider said that he didn't see him when they were doing exit interviews on Monday. So maybe the team was protecting him from that since he already did speak uh, in Kansas City. So you'll hear from him, too. When you can't blame anybody else, the referees, the officials... They tend to be the target, but I I feel like they're pretty, they're pretty 
sure that that comes with the territory. So I guess if you don't want to be in that arena, if you don't, <laughs> if you can't take the heat, then probably not the right kitchen for you. <laughs> it's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You are listening to the After Hours podcast. Mahomes with a deep drop, now moving in the pocket, running to the right and running well. He's at the 50. He's trying to run for the first down. He goes out Uh, of bounds, and the Bengals push him after he was out of bounds. Multiple flags are going to tack 15 yards onto this play. Eight seconds left in regulation, and with that penalty, the Chiefs will be in field goal range. I was just in full chase mode, and I was trying to to push him to maybe... um, get him going backwards because I knew he was going for that sideline. I was trying to make him go backwards, get that clock running. But um, I, I didn't know. I, I haven't seen it yet. I didn't know how far out of bounds we were. This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence. That is the voice of Joseph Asai, who had gathered himself enough following that moment, that late hit flag that he absorbed uh, with 12 seconds to go in the game. He'd recovered enough at least to speak without crying. But the video has gone viral. Not only him sitting on the bench sobbing and various teammates coming up to him, um, but ultimately B.J. Hill encouraging him and and trying to get him to move and, and just take a deep breath and know that this was not all on you. And to a man, except for Jermaine Pratt, really, uh, to a man – they were very encouraging, and and Zach Taylor spoke for all of them and said, that's not why we lost. Was it, in the late stages, difficult to recover from? Sure. But how many opportunities did the Bengals have before that with the ball in their hands twice in the fourth quarter and couldn't come up with the game-winning drive? I was still sure. Right before the ball went back to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, at that point it was a, uh, it was under a minute to go. I was sure that when the Bengals got the football in those last couple minutes, that Burrow was going to lead them on a drive for the game-winning field goal. And Evan McPherson, once again, was going to have this huge kick in the AFC Championship. Uh, But ultimately, Chris Jones did his part on defense. Pretty amazing to hear Zach Taylor praise Chris Jones and the game plan that Steve Spagnuolo had for his defense. Um, That's what they spoke about Monday. We heard from our Bengals insider earlier on the show. Chris Jones' name was probably dropped more than anyone else's. (laughs) Right up there with Patrick Mahomes on Monday in the Bengals' exit interviews. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. You're still blowing up my social media. Thank you. You're you're all very kind. We had uh, Jermaine Pratt give an apology of sorts. We didn't play it on last night's show because I wasn't sure about the context, but we now know. And and Jay did have it. He had it ready. This was caught on camera in the tunnel after the Bengals had lost. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Where is you? If you would like me to interpret for you, why would you touch the bleeping quarterback referring to that penalty uh, for the late hit? Pratt, I wouldn't say he backpedaled, but at least he copped to being wrong in the emotion of the moment Monday. It's a reaction that anybody have a competitive, you know, yeah. you know what, what was in state, you know, the time and moment, you know. I mean, I love this game, no doubt in my mind. They talking about my character as a teammate. You know, some people don't never play this game. They don't know how much effort guys put in the game, you know. I got to make a mistake over and done with. I was emotional. I was in the moment. I was wrong. I would say I was wrong. As a man, you can look at yourself in, in the mirror and say, I was wrong. I wasn't a great teammate at that moment. But they don't define me as a man, you know. But it is what it is, 24 hours. I'm going back to work. I got a great off season ahead with my kids and family. That's all that matters at the end of the day. When I go home to my kids, they love me. When I go home to my fiance, they love me. That's all that matters. So all the other stuff is relevant. Back to work. <laughs> All right. It is truly more important that your fiance and your kids love you, but that's not all that matters, obviously. <laughs> Judging by the reaction of other Bengals teammates to Asai, who, by the way, is 22 years old. He's, I don't want to call him a kid, but he's a young man. He's so early in his career. This is a moment he's not going to forget. And what was super cool was to hear the comments of guys like BJ Hill. Now, th this just happens to be, well, I don't believe in coincidence, but it happens to be perfect timing. My friend Jade McCarthy, who works for the 33rd team and is also on Sirius XM Radio talking NFL, uh, she caught up with BJ Hill for her podcast and for the 33rd team on Monday. So it happened to be one of the Bengals that she connected with for the 33rd team. And she asked him why it was so important to him to take care of his young teammate, Joe, after that fateful play. I just knew he needed somebody beside him right there. Um, he played his butt off the whole entire game. Um, he just felt like this, the whole game was on him, but it, it really wasn't. Um, I feel like I should have made the play. The same place, he got the sack. I missed it. Um, he got out and scrambled. It wasn't all on him. Um, I just know he needed somebody to step up, be a leader, and um, just uh, somebody to be there for him. I was I was that guy, and I knew right when the media came in who they were going to target, and I was like, it ain't going to happen on my watch today. And I've been in a situation where you where you felt like you should have made a play. Um, you didn't make it. I've been there, done it, and um, I just wanted to be there for him, just knowing that just know, let him know that I care about him, that I, he, he's going to make big plays 
um, for us um, next year. And I just want to know the uh, let know that I love them uh, at the end of the day. It was amazing. If you haven't seen the photos or the videos, they're they're out there. Where as Asai, who's a 22 year old rookie, right? It's his first NFL season. This big defensive tackle, B.J. Hill, who says to Jade McCarthy, I should have had the sack. If, if I'd gotten the sack, none of this happens, right? If I'd gotten to Patrick Mahomes, he's he's not scrambling, and Asai is not streaking across the field trying to make a hit or trying to make a tackle. Um, and so B.J. not only taking responsibility and being accountable, but standing right there, this mountain of a man standing next to his young teammate as B, as um, he's trying to respond to questions on Sunday night and B.J. kind of running interference for him and making sure that he knew he was supported and he was not alone. Gosh, I mean, that's phenomenal leadership and taking care of your brother, but also it reminds us. And we saw this with the Bengals just a month ago. It reminds us that that the relationships are more important than the outcomes, even though we get so wrapped up in the outcomes a lot of the time. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. A couple more here. Jesse Bates, he's one of those priorities for the Bengals that will have to fall behind Joe Burrow's contract, right? We know that the Bengals are willing to do whatever it takes to keep Joe Burrow and to re-sign him. That is their top priority, but then they've got other guys that they need to try to re-sign if they can, but there are a bunch of guys, including Jesse, who were kind of issuing their goodbyes along the lines of, say, a, a Tom Brady, and he was pretty emotional knowing that this might be his last time with the Bengals. It's cool to be a part of something special. Um, something that, uh, it's hard, it's hard, um, been emotional about it for a long time, uh, still numb to it, um, but yeah, like you said, gratitude is a word that I can really describe about everything that happened here, um, over my past five years being here, um, I learned so much about myself, learned so much about the game. I learned so much about Cincinnati. Um, and I'm just so thankful for uh, everybody I ran into. So that's Jesse Bates, uh, who kind of grew up there, right? There, There's others. Eli Apple thinking this was his last game with the Bengals as well. And he talked about rekindling his love for football uh, in the wake of where was he with? The Giants, right? Yeah, it, it did not work out there. And so <laughs> it just didn't work out. No. Yeah, and so Eli talking about kind of his new lease on football when he got there. But yet when you pay so much of the, the pie to your quarterback, there's less money to go around for the rest of your team. Now, we did find out that the salary cap is going up. I think it's roughly $17 million per franchise next year. So there's more money, but not enough to pay everyone. And that's what every winning team runs into eventually, especially if you're relying on younger players. Couple more things. That Jermaine Pratt post game video where he was screaming was viewed more than nine million times on Monday afternoon. And you know, but Pratt still said, "This is a brotherhood that we've built here in Cincinnati, and it's unmatched." Uh, and then I love this quote from Zach Taylor: "There's certainly at least one thing every coach and every player wishes we would have done differently in that game." Oh, that's so true. Every single one of them has at least one snap or one play where they would like to have back. So I that's leadership as well. I love what I hear from these Bengals, even in losses. 
It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. What is it about everybody crying over the past couple of days, right? Real men cry when it comes to sports. Uh, If you missed it, Novak Djokovic was collapsing in sobs and tears even after he won his 10th Australian Open. He had his chances, didn't use them. He had a set point. Um, You know, I just held my nerves in both tie breaks in second and third. And, uh, yeah, it was a huge relief uh, and release of the emotions in the end. Um, Yeah, just uh, difficult to to find any additional words, really. Uh, It's it's, it's been a long journey, but a very, very special one. He collapsed in his family box after he won his 10th Australian Open, after he won his 22nd Grand Slam singles title. Uh, And... It just, to me, the contrast on Sunday, right? You've got guys who are sobbing like Joseph Asai because he screwed up and he feels like the loss is on him. But then you have similar emotions that come pouring out of a Novak Djokovic who's back to number one in the world now and has won his 22nd Grand Slam singles title. And he was referring to his opponent, Stefanos Tsitsipas, uh, who was gone in straight sets. Novak was on a mission. So yeah, just it's the contrast, and yet it's it's different, but it's the same, right? It's human beings that pour heart, soul, blood, sweat, tears. They give it absolutely everything, absolutely everything they have for the sake of a win or competition, or for the brother on their left or their right. When we're talking team sports, and yet somehow people still want to insult them by saying the refs decided who won. No, 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 that's not what happened. All right, find me on Twitter, A-Law Radio, on Facebook, too. We're back tonight for our hump show. It's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. Boom! You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.